0: Hello and welcome to a very special episode of The Lancet podcast coming to you on Monday the 20th, January 2014. My name is Nikolai Humphreys. Today we publish a series of papers on health in the Arab world, or to give the series its full title, Health in the Arab World, a view from within. The series focuses on what are essentially the priority health issues in the Arab world. These were based on evidence interpreted mainly by scholars from the region, and the series adopts a multidisciplinary approach that includes medical, public health, social and political perspectives. Now, to, f- to frame this series and really give perspective, I'm joined on the line from the occupied Palestinian territories by one of those scholars, Dr. Rita Jacaman from the Institute of Community and Public Health, Berzite University. Rita, it's my pleasure to welcome you to the podcast.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Leafing through the papers that make up the series, of which there is one article, five series papers, a collection of comments and essays, it becomes clear that this was an audacious and ambitious undertaking. I'm hoping you could expand on this by sharing the journey, how this series came to being with our listeners.
1: Well, it was quite a journey because of a variety of reasons. The first was, here was a chance for people from the region, Arabs, as well as international scholars who have been working in the Arab world, to be able to say something about the Arab world, the way the Arab world sees themselves. And so that was a wonderful opportunity, but it was a daunting one as well. It was daunting because what we needed to do is uh, play the balance between providing firm evidence, but at the same time, infusing this evidence with analysis through our own eyes. And that was quite a challenge, and I think we we did well with it. The other challenge was that we were working in teams uh, all over, all over the world, all over the Arab world and different parts of the world. And as you know, when you discuss how to write papers collectively. To begin with, collective writing is not easy. And when you're in different parts of the world, it's even more difficult. But we managed to pass by this thanks to the Faculty of Health Sciences at the American University of Beirut, who organized meetings periodically for the team to work together and discuss over two or three days, and also for the the group that was responsible for overseeing what's happening, which is composed of eight people from all over the world. And it was quite a rich experience, actually. It ended up being something equally important as the production of the papers themselves
0: yeah and an interesting point was that from the outset there was a strong consensus to steer from the sort of traditional conventional approach of a health systems analysis and instead the goal was to describe the region by emphasizing in particular the major political determinants of health could you explain the rationale behind that
1: of course but I think it has recently become quite obvious why ultimately the political is determinant. Take a look at what's happening in the Arab region. All these uprisings and counter-revolts and so on and so forth. And historically, just like the present, we have had one wave after the other of political violence. So therefore exposure to political violence in its various forms has been a crucial element in determining what happens to health, whether it is in communicable diseases or non-communicable diseases, or mental health, or what have you. For example, very recently, look at what's happening in Syria and recently, although uh, we did not have some communicable diseases prevalent in some areas, now they are rising again because of the millions of refugees from Syria, not only Syrian ones. There are Iraqi refugees going, leaving uh, Iraq, and there are even Palestinian refugees who used to live in Syria who are now refugees in Lebanon. It's a remarkable situation which, which, uh, which brings in all sorts of health problems, communicable, non-communicable, but also Mental health problems, including human insecurity, distress, uh, ill being, etc. etc.
0: There was also a decision not to focus on the theme of health and the Arab Spring as a whole. My question, Rita, is what were some of the reasons for not pursuing that angle, captivating as a title as that may be?
1: It might be captivating, but it would have been untruthful to be able to discuss. Uh, Health in the context of something so rapid and transitional (laughs) is incorrect. I mean, there are changes taking place every day, and we we do not know what will happen tomorrow. It's extremely difficult to be able to assess what's happening uh, to health under conditions of such a ferocious transition, which includes not only revolutions, but terrible counter-revolutions and uh, meddling from outsiders, what have you. I mean, take a look at Syria. There are so many countries other than this. <laughs> Syria oh, who are involved in that conflict. There is no way you could, you could um, do service to the situation when you don't know what would be happening tomorrow. I think uh, what we would be able to analyze the consequences once uprisings and political turmoil subside, but not before.
0: Could I ask you to share some of the key messages from the series that resonate most with you?
1: With me, but not necessarily with everybody, yeah? Because I have my own way of understanding what we've done. Maybe somebody else would have uh, other uh, messages. There are messages that that will be put forth by each of the paper authors, but in my view, There are several messages that underlie these messages, which I hope readers will pick up on. One, we are here, we are active, we are alive, we do research, we even love our children, and we go on with life despite all the political conflict and wars and exposure to political violence around us. It's a testimony to what I think you would call in the West resilience which I would call something else here, capacity to endure and resist. It's a statement about doing work, trying to improve public health, bringing the evidence related to public health so that we can inform policy. Uh, All of those things are the underlying, and I think, beautiful messages. That's what we're doing. And I want to tell you something, doing this work, and doing research and trying to influence policy helps all of us in our region to survive very trying times. It gives meaning to life.
0: Thank you. That was a very poignant response. And I'm wondering if, um, if you would consider any of those messages to be overlooked by the rest of the world in terms of what we define as global health.
1: Yes, of course. I mean, The Lancet editorials mentions how the, the Arab world is invisible in the eyes of global health makers, global health researchers, etc. But there's more to it than just invisibility. I think it's, it's worse than just invisibility. In general terms, uh, uh, Arabs are understood first and foremost as uh, terrorists, Muslims, the other. Uh, even though the Arab world uh, has not only Muslims, but has Christians and others in, uh, <laughs> living in it. But uh, that whole impression, when you say Arab, there's, uh, there's fear, there's, uh, there's a lack of understanding, to say the least. There's a cultural discord, which I think the world has opted to avoid instead of facing Instead of facing, take a look at what happens with the global health agenda, for example. It almost never fits the Arab world. The focus of the global health agenda usually is Africa, Latin America, and Asia. We're not here. (laughs) We're we're just not here. Uh, And that series helps cement the idea or raise the idea that, well, there's a whole region in this world which is here, and which needs attention, and at least needs some sort of understanding, and better efforts at developing global agendas which are compatible with our needs, and better effort at incorporating our views from within into discussions of global health.
0: Thank you. That leads me nicely into my final question, which is what should an observer reading this series looking from outside take away and what about observers looking from within, would they even be different?
1: That's an interesting question. I think we would see things slightly differently. There are similarities and differences probably because of the different views are part and parcel of the position of the person in the context. So the view from within would be, aha, we do have research, aha, it is being published, and aha, we're being heard, and aha, this will encourage us to do more. And we've got to get together. The collective is of the essence, and this is what we need to do, more collective work so we can continue to be heard, so that we can influence not only policies at the level of the Arab world, but global health agendas as well. At the outsider level, I'm just hoping, it depends, because some people don't want to deal with the Arab world. But those who have an open mind might be saying, aha, these people are producing interesting evidence And it's not just solid scientific evidence it's evidence with a different flair it's for example we develop our own metrics sometimes quite often we use international metrics but when those are not relevant to context and culture once we pilot them we develop our own so for example we've developed things like a human insecurity index other indices so maybe Maybe the reader who has an open mind would say, aha, these people are innovative, they have something to say, and quite clearly, despite the turbulence around them, they are capable of producing quality research with a heart, <laughs> because the aim of our research is to improve the lot of health among Arab people.
0: Dr. Rita Jackaman, on that note, thank you for joining the Lancet podcast.
1: Thank you very much.